0: Book 2nd, Chapter 2 of A Day of Fate by Edward P. Rowe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Book 2 Chapter 2. It was inevitable. I ought to have had a ravenous appetite, but I had none at all. I ought to have been glad and thankful from the depths of my heart, but I was so depressed that everything I said was forced and unnatural my head felt as if it were bursting, and I was enraged with myself and the wretched result of my bright dream. Indeed, I found myself inclined to a spirit of recklessness and irritation that was well-nigh irresistible. Miss Warren seemed as wholly free from any morbid, unnatural tendencies as Mr. Yocomb himself, and she did her utmost to make the hour as genial as it should have been. At first I imagined that she was trying to satisfy herself that I had recovered my senses, and that my unexpected words spoken in the morning were the result of a mood that was as transient as it was abnormal. I think I puzzled her. I certainly did not understand myself any better than did poor Ada, whose mind appeared to be in solution from the effects of the lightning, and I felt that I must be appearing worse than idiotic miss warren resolutely bent on banishing every unnatural constraint asked mr yocomb how is my genuine friend old plod did the lightning wake him up no he plods as heavily as ever this morning the only can wake him up you've no idea what a compliment that is she said with a low laugh old plod inspires me with a sense of confidence and stability that is very reassuring in a world full of lightning flashes yes i said he is as safe as a horse-block and quite as exhilarating give me dapple she looked at me quietly and keenly and colored slightly she evidently had some association in her mind with the old plow-horse that i did not understand exhilaration scarcely answers as a steady diet mr morton little chance of its lasting long i replied even in a world overcharged with electricity I prefer calm, steady sunshine to these wild alterations." I doubt it. Calm, steady sunshine would make the world as dry and monotonous as a desert. That's true, Richard Morton," said Mr. Yocomb. I like peace and quiet more than most men, but even if we had all burned up last night this part of the world would have been wonderfully better for the storm. I reckon it was worth a million or more dollars to the county. That's the right way to look at it, Mr. Yocomb, I said carelessly. The greatest good to the greatest number, individuals are of no account. Your philosophy may be true, but I don't like it, Miss Warren protested. A woman doesn't generalize. Thy philosophy is only half true, Richard Morton. God cares for each one of his children, and every one in my house counts for much to me. There's no getting ahead of thee, mother. If we want to talk here, say, Richard Morton, we must go off by ourselves. I think God showed his love for us in a queer way last night, said Ada abruptly. Both her father and mother looked pained at this speech, and Mrs. Yocomb said gravely, thee will see things in the true light some day, I hope. The lightning bolt may have been a message from heaven to thee. It seems to me that Zilla got more of the message than I did, and she didn't need any said the matter-of-fact ada at any rate i hope richard morton may be here if i ever get another message i shall surely be struck next time i laughed a trifle bitterly for according to mrs yocomb's view i need a message more than any of you it was evident that neither ada nor i was in a frame of mind that mrs yocomb could commend as you suggested mr morton if some other tramp from new york had been present what a thrilling narrative you could write for your paper miss warren began seemingly she had had enough of clouds the previous evening and was bent on clear skies to-night she found me incorrigible however for i said briefly oh no it would only make an item among the crimes and casualties undaunted she replied and such might have been its appropriate place had not the doctor arrived so promptly the casualty had already occurred and I'm quite sure you would have finished us all with original remedies if left to yourself. I agree with you, Miss Warren. Blunders are worse than crimes, and I've a genius for them. Well, I'm not a genius in any sense of the word. Miss Ada and I look at things as they are. One would think, Mr. Morton, accepting your view of yourself, that you could supply your paper with all the crimes and casualties required as the result of the genius you claim. Stupid blunders would make stupid reading. Oh, that column in your paper is very interesting, then. Why shouldn't it be? I've never had the bad taste to publish in it anything about myself. I fail to find any logic in that remark. Have you a conscience, Mr. Morton? The idea of an editor having a conscience. I doubt whether you have ever seen New York, Miss Warren. You are so unsophisticated emily thee shouldn't be afraid of lightning when thee and richard morton are so ready to flash back and forth at one another my words are only heat lightning very harmless and mr morton's partake of the aurora in character they are cool and distant i hope they are not so mysterious i replied their cause is quite i think i understand the cause said mrs yocomb as we rose from the table and she came and took my hand richard morton thee has fever thy hands are hot and thy temples are throbbing i saw that miss warren was looking at me with an expression that was full of kind regretful interest but with the perversity of a child that should have been shaken i replied recklessly i've taken cold i fear i sat on the piazza like an owl last night and i learned that an owl would have been equally useful there I fear I'm going to be ill, Mrs. Yocomb, and I think I had better make a precipitate retreat to my den in New York. Who'll take care of thee in thy den? she asked, with a smile that would have disarmed cynicism itself. Oh, they can spare a devil from the office occasionally, I said carelessly, but I felt that my remark was brutal. In answer to her look of pained surprise, I added, pardon me that I used the vile slang of the shop. I meant one of the boys employed in the printing-rooms. Mrs. Yocomb, I have now satisfied you that I'm too much of a bear to deserve any gentler nurse. I truly think I had better return to town at once. I've never been very ill, and I have no idea how to behave. It's already clear that I wouldn't prove a meek and interesting patient, and I don't want to lose your good opinion. Richard Morton, if thee should leave us now I should feel hurt beyond measure thee's not thyself, or thee wouldn't think of it. Richard Morton, thee cannot go," said Mr. Yocomb in his hearty way. If thee knew mother as I do, thee'd give right in. I don't often put my foot down, but when I do it's like old South Mountain there. Ah, here comes the doctor. Dr. Bates, if thee doesn't prescribe several weeks of quiet life in this old farmhouse for friend Morton, I'll start right off to find a doctor who will please stay and i'll gather wild strawberries for thee said ada in a low tone she had stolen close to my side and still had the wistful intent look of a child you might do worse dr bates remarked he'll never make him believe that laughed miss warren who evidently believed in tonic treatment and counter irritants he would much prefer sultry new york and a nymph from the printing rooms thee may drive dapple all thee wishes if thee'll only stay said reuben his round boyish face shadowed with unwonted anxiety we were standing in the hallway and zillah heard our talk for her little figure came tottering out of the parlor in her trailing wrapper and her eyes were full of tears richard morton if thee doesn't stay i'll cry myself sick i caught her up in my arms and carried her back to the sofa and whispered in her ear I'll stay, Zilla. I'll do anything for you. The child clapped her hands gleefully as she exclaimed, Now I've got thee. He's promised me to stay, mother. Yes, said the physician after feeling my pulse. You certainly must, and you ought to be in bed this moment. Your pulse indicates a very high fever. What's more, you seem badly run down. I shall put you under active treatment at once, that is, if you'll trust me. Go ahead, doctor," I said, and get me through one way or the other before very long. Because these friends are so good and kind is no reason why I should become a burden to them. And I sank down on the sofa in the hall. "'Thee'll do us a great wrong if thee ever thinks that, Richard Morton,' said Mrs. Yocomb earnestly. "'Ada, thee see that his room is ready. I'm going to take thee in hand myself,' and she bustled off to the kitchen. You couldn't be in better hands, Mr. Morton, said the physician. And Mrs. Yocomb can do more for you than I can. I'll try and help a little, however, and will prescribe for you after I've seen Zilla. And he and Mr. Yocomb went into the parlor, while Reuben, with a triumphant chuckle, started for the barn. Now that I was alone for a moment, Miss Warren, who had been standing in the doorway and a little aloof, came to me, and her face was full of trouble, as she said hurriedly in a low tone i fear i'm to blame for this you'll never know how sorry i am i do owe you so much please get well quickly or i'll and she hesitated you are the only one who did not ask me to stay i said reproachfully i know it i know too that i'd be ill in your place if i could how could i help loving you i said impetuously there forgive me i added hastily as i saw her look of pain and almost fright remember i'm ill delirious it may be but whatever happens also remember that i said i wouldn't change anything were it all to do over again i'd do the same it was inevitable i'm sane enough to know that you are not in the least to blame she hung on my last words as if i were giving her absolution from a mortal sin it's all a mistake oh if you but knew how i regret Steps were approaching. I shook my head with a dreary glimmer of a smile. Goodbye, I said in a whisper, and wearily closed my eyes. Everything soon became very confused. I remember Mr. Yocomb's helping me to my room. I saw Ada's intent, wistful look as I tried to thank her. Mrs. Yocomb's kind, motherly face changed into the features of my own mother, and then came a long blank. End of book. Second chapter two.